Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yo, what is up, listeners? Welcome to Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. I am very, very excited to be back for another Twitch stream. It is Thursday, March 5th. Um, welcome to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, I got some great stuff for you today. I'm very, very excited. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it. Um just some, uh, you know, some things to to uh, to clear up to let you all know. Um, I did release in the audio version of the podcast, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, all of that. Um, I released three of the the audio files of the streams um, that I've had already, as well as like a bonus. Um, episode to kind of acclimate the audio listeners to this new chapter of Thinking Outside the Boombox. So it kind of explains the stream and everything that's going to go on from now on. And then, uh, like I mentioned there, um, every time I stream, so right now, after I finish this stream, there'll be a, a VOD of the stream available for two weeks. Then it disappears. So a week in order to prioritize the stream, but also make sure that this these episodes aren't lost forever, a week after each stream, uh, an audio version will go up on all of the streaming platforms. So that's what I went over. Three of those are up. Um, this episode will be up in a week, um, but you're definitely not going to want to miss uh, these next few episodes. We've got something big happening. Um, so I'm going to just... I'm going to just get right to it. I'm going to jump right into it. Let's uh, let's get started with a song of the week. This is my favorite song. You just don't know the words, but I still fuck with you. You just ain't never heard. It go like this is my favorite. So, the song of the week for this week um this is a song that came out last year. But it wasn't on my top songs of the the year list, and I regret that. I wasn't really big on Roddy Rich. I knew that he did the the hook of Racks in the Middle. That was about it. I knew he was, you know, a freshman cover. Um, I knew he was like on the XXL freshman cover, but I didn't really listen to him. And I kept hearing about this song called The Box, and this is it, like 2020 at this point. Um, and I was like, let me let me check this out. Let me listen to Roddy Rich's album. Listen to his album. It was great. Listen to the box. I was like, yo, this mad catchy. This is dope. So, you know, the song of the week for this week is The Box by Roddy Rich. And that is because I need to apologize for not being being up on Roddy Rich last year, because if I was, this song would have made the list. It would have made the top 
uh, 50 songs list. And so I regret, you know, that I wasn't already rich at the time. But the the song for this week is The Box by Roddy Rich. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. Um, there's something about that song. It's so cinematic. Um, and the way that Roddy Rich can like really weave in the, the singing and the, the rapping at the same time, um, he's, he's going to be one to watch. So that was the song of the week, The Box by Roddy Rich. I'd like to welcome Control Out Quinn to the stream. Shout out to you for, for joining, for viewing. Uh, you asked if there was a list because I know I just mentioned the top 50 songs list from 2019. Um, I just posted that in the chat, um, the link to that. And also, let me just put this up. So you can find uh, any of that, uh, that type of content on the website. Uh, thinking outside the boombox.com should load here in a second, unless it's you know gonna have some issues. Um, but if you go to thinking outside the boombox.com, uh, there is a newsletter tab, so that's where I post the podcast newsletter uh, for each week. But then there's also extra content, and under the extra content, it doesn't look like it's gonna load. Under the extra content, you can find um, all of my top songs list and top albums list for each year as well as some other stuff um as well as like the the most anticipated albums list that i do in the beginning of each year which was actually the first stream that i did here this year um so that's a a nice transition um let's jump into the press play segment Welcome back. So the press play segment, as many of you may know, um, is where I talk about hip hop and R&B news. I talk about um, things that you should check out, rumor mills, announcements, and then upcoming albums um, or recent release albums that I think that you should check out. So everything I talk about in this segment and generally in the stream uh, period, uh, you can find in the podcast newsletter. You can get that in one of two ways. You can go to Thinking Outside the Boombox first off. you got to do that for either way. If you look on the right-hand side of the screen at Thinking Outside the Boombox, there's a place where you can put your email, hit submit. Every time um, after each stream, generally within 24 hours of each stream, you'll get the podcast newsletter directly in your inbox. Or you can just go to the newsletter tab of Thinking Outside the Boombox, and um, all the newsletters will be there. So um, don't have much that I want to talk about um, in the press play segment uh, this week, mainly because I really want to get to the dig deeper segment. I got some good stuff, um, but some things that you should check out. Uh, a lot of new songs were dropped. So um, Amine dropped off a new song called Shimmy. Um, it's a dope song and it makes me think that it sounds like a single and it makes me think that he's getting ready to drop a project. So Amine dropped off Shimmy as samples, you know, the the famous ODB song. Um, Drake dropped off two new songs. Uh, it came with the music video When to Say When in Chicago Freestyle. So When to Say When, um, he kind of he sampled uh, song Cry by Jay-Z and then Chicago Freestyle um, he kind of sampled Superman by Eminem so you know Drake's in album mode and I think we're getting an album from him this year and so that was definitely um, that was definitely uh, him you know you know you know kind of reminding us putting us on notice like yo don't don't forget because I'm, I'm coming soon uh, Party Next Door dropped off a new song Split Decision he said that his album Party Mobile was dropping in February but we didn't get we didn't get anything so um i don't know i don't know when it's coming out but the fact that he dropped off another new song um uh, makes me think that it's still coming soon but it's just like you know drop it drop it when you say you're gonna drop it you know what i'm saying a lot of people out, a lot of people out here we put lists together you know saying when your album's gonna drop so you know we want to be out here looking stupid you know what i'm saying um but yeah expect party next door's album to drop soon um Janae Aiko, you probably know she put out that song called Pussy Fairy on the Way. So she dropped a super clean version that completely, you know, takes out all of the um, super um, vulgar content. Um, cleaned it up if your kids want to listen to Pussy Fairy. Um, but it's dope. It's a dope song. And I'm excited to see what her new project has in store. Um, music videos. 
Amine put out a music video for that new song I mentioned. Shimmy, Roddy Rich put out a music video for The Box. It's cinematic. It really matches the tone of the song with how cinematic the, the music video is. It's good. Um, Reason dropped a new song. You know, he's the latest TDE signee, and he's um, dropping his debut album this year. And he dropped off a new song that had Boogie and Absol in it. The video is right in TDE's lane. It's got it's it's movie like. It's you know it's 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 got a lot going on. Um, and both Boogie, Absol, and Reason killed their verses. Reason he might have one of the most anticipated albums this year. That's for real. Um, so that song's called Trapped In. Um, what else, Sir? Also a TDE signee, he did a Tiny Desk. Um, the NPR has these Tiny Desk series where artists come in and they do intimate performances of a few songs for the NPR employees. Um, and so it's a really cool way because the artists usually come in, they're free, they do you know songs they usually don't perform at concerts and stuff like that. Um, and Sir's performance was really good. Uh, so that's it for the things that you should check out. Rumor Mill and Announcements, Kendrick Lamar... His biography is coming out in October, October 13th. It was written by Marcus J. Moore. Um, It's the definitive account of his coming of age as an artist, his resurrection of two languishing genres, bebop and jazz, his profound impact on a racially fraught America, and his emergence as the bona fide king of rap. Um, As one who really loves hip-hop books and biographies, this book seems like it was written for me, and I can't wait for it to come out. So you should definitely check that out. Uh, keeping with TDE, Schoolboy Q says he's dropping an album this year. Um, honestly, I didn't have him on my list um, of things to even be surprised, not be surprised if he drops. So I'm taking that with a grain of salt. But he said it. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Pusha T started a label called Airwave Music Group. It's dedicated to Virginian talent. Already has a first sign- signee. Her name is Kari um, from Virginia, obviously. Um, it's very interesting because he's the president of good music. So it's like, uh, you doing both or you just kicking good music to the curve. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, to see how that goes. Um, Kendrick, uh, also launched a creative service company. I'm not, so they say it's not a label or, you know, you know, they, they, they're saying it's, it's a creative service company. It's called, um, I don't have it up here. I forgot what the name of the group is. Um, but they dropped a trailer, and I'll put that in the podcast newsletter as well. Um, the trailer features uh, Baby Keem, who seems to be signed to this this group of sorts. It's called PG Lang. Um, but Baby Keem was in the, the visuals, the trailer. Yara Shahidi, Georgia Smith. Um, so it seems like, you know, it's something, you know, something's coming. I'm not sure... Uh, what it means but it seems like they're they're creating a creative service group to people who want to you know strengthen their creativity i don't know but kendrick's behind it and you better believe with him us thinking he's dropping an album this year something something serious is going to happen with this pg lane that's that's for certain um so look out for that as far as albums that are that were released or are coming out that you should check out uh, Royster Five Nine dropped off the allegory. You can check that out if you, you know, really into some lyrical hip hop. Um, as far as this month, Tory Lanez is dropping off a new album, New Toronto Three. Um, to you know, he'll clear his contract um, with his label once he releases this album, and then he said he's gonna really get back to doing the music he wants to do. Um, Tomorrow or like midnight tonight, Janae Aiko is dropping off her album Chalombo. So I'm very excited about that. She announced that uh, last week. Also tonight, Megan Thee Stallion in the midst of all these label issues is dropping off her album Sugar. So it's about to be a good, a good night. We're getting Megan and Janae Aiko with new albums. Um, Lil Uzi Vert is finally dropping off Eternal. I don't know how to say this. A take? Atake? I don't know. Um, but it's been a year in the making since he's been teasing this album. So that's coming on the 13th. And then on the 20th, The weekend is finally dropping his album, After Hours, which he's been promoting the hell out of. Um, so, yeah, that's it for the Press Play segment. Um, let's. I'm not even going to take a short break because I really want to get to this. Let's jump right into the Dig Deeper segment. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox and welcome to the Dig Deeper segment. So what I'll be talking about in this uh, week's Dig Deeper segment, it's March, um, which means it's time for March Madness. Uh, The last time I did a a tournament on this podcast was a couple years ago when there was this Kanye March Madness bracket going around and everybody was taking Kanye's best songs and putting them up against each other to figure out what the final, what the best song of Kanye's discography would be. And so I had some some guests on the podcast. We discussed it um, and we narrowed it down to, to a final song. And so it's time for another tournament. The 2010s just ended Um, And it's time to decide what the best hip hop album of that decade was. And so I have some friends. Shout out to Brian and Noah, the hosts of What's in the Box Office. You can find that on uh, wherever you stream your podcast. Um, But they're doing a similar bracket to figure out what the best blockbuster was of the 2010s. Um, And so I got this idea from them. And shout out to Brian specifically because he really helped me kind of flesh out what would be the criteria um, how would the albums uh, get be, be on the, the bracket and things like that? And so what I want to do is I just want to show you the uh, I just want to show you the, the bracket first and then I'll discuss how everything came to pass. So um, it's kind of large and I want to fit it all on stream. So I'm going to show you division by division. So. It's broken up into two conferences, the Critics' Choice Conference and the Fan Love Conference. Uh, This is the Poverty's Paradise Division, um, famous Naughty by Nature album, um, from the Critics' Choice Conference. There are two play-in games. There's Recovery by Eminem, matching up against Watch the Throne by Jay-Z and Kanye. The winner of that will get into the bracket and so the seeds are as follow in this division. To Pimp a Butterfly at the one, Damn at the two, um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy at the three, Coloring Book at the four, Invasion of Privacy at the five, Igor by Tyler Creator at the six, Take Care at the seven, and then obviously Recovery and Watch the Throne are the eight and nine. So that's the Poverty's Paradise division in the Critics' Choice Conference. Um, if we look at the blueprint division in the same conference, the number one seed is Good Kid Mad City. The number two is Undone by The Roots. The number three is Layla's Wisdom by Rhapsody. The number four is How I Got Over by The Roots. The number five is Daytona by Pusha T. The number six is Astro World by Travis Scott. The number seven is Flower Boy by Tyler, the Creator. And then the play-in game to get into the bracket, eight and nine, is 444 by Jay-Z. And uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive by J. Cole. Um, so let's jump over into the other conference. The Fan Love Conference. You've got... Uh, the number one seed, Catalactica by Big Crit. The number two seed is, uh, I can't even, uh, We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service by A Tribe Called Quest. The number three is Summertime 06 by Vince Staples. The number four is Bandana by Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. Five is Live Love ASAP by ASAP Rocky. Six is My Name Is My Name by Pusha T. Seven is Eve by Rhapsody. And then the play-in game, eight and nine, is Nothing Was the Same by Drake and Dirty Sprite 2 by Future. And then the final division, so that was the college dropout division of the Fan Love Conference. And the final division, the Speaker Box, the Love Below division, uh, the one seed is Care For Me by Saba. The two seed is Run The Jewels 2 by Run The Jewels. The three seed is Life Is Good by Nas. Four seed is Tetsuo and Youth by Lupe Fiasco. The five seed is Room 25 by No Name. The six seed is Oxymoron by Schoolboy Q. The seven seed is If You're Reading This, It's Too Late by Drake. And the eight and nine is KOD and Friday Night Lights by, um, uh, by J. Cole. So that is the entire bracket. And so... Now, let me just talk to you about 
how things got to to where they are. So I basically came up with 50 albums that I thought deserved to be in this conversation. Um, Only 36, 32 to 36 could actually be in the bracket. So how did I decide, you know, what these 50 were? So I decided um, the Critics' Choice Conference, I said, this is going to be based off of um, a Metacritic score. So Metacritic is a pretty um, reputable source. A lot of people rate albums on Metacritic. So it enlists critics, like actual uh, j- critics and journalists who, you know, r- review albums and give it a score on Metacritic. Um, and then also you can have a user score where fans can go in and review albums and give it a score. And so it's similar to Rotten Tomatoes in that aspect. Um, and so I was like, OK, we'll have one conference, the Critics' Choice Conference, be ranked by that critic score. And then the Fan Love Conference be ranked by the Fan Love score. So that's kind of how things are ranked on each side. Now... Um, the albums had to be hip hop albums that were released between 2010 and 2019. Um, essentially, out of that 50 list, I eliminated albums from my from contention at my discretion until there were 36 albums left. Grammy winners of best rap album could not be eliminated. They just if they won a best rap album Grammy, they're going to be in the the bracket no matter what. And it's single elimination tournament. So. The Critics' Choice Conference is split into two divisions. There's the Poverty's Paradise Division. It's named after the Naughty by Nature album, which was the first album to win a Best Rap Album Grammy. It was the inaugural Best Rap Album Grammy. So the Poverty's Paradise Division obviously features all Best Rap Album Grammy winners. So the top seven seeds um, were guaranteed spots while the 8th and ninth seeds will have a play-in game to decide who will face the first seed in the first round, similar to these basketball tournaments. And this is very similar to a basketball tournament, especially when you see how the judging works. Um, the Blueprint Division is named after one of Jay-Z's most popular albums. Um, Jay-Z has been nominated for the most best rap album Grammys, 11, but he's only won one. So all the seeds in this division are best rap album nominees. So it's kind of like, the winners division versus the nominees division. Now, 14 best rap album nominees made the cut. The top seven by that Metacritic critic score got the top seven seeds. The bottom three claimed the the ninth seed in the Poverty's Paradise division and then the eighth and ninth seed in the Blueprint division. And the remaining four are going to move over to the Fan Love Conference because there was no space for them in the critics conference, but I didn't want to like leave them out of the bracket. So they all shifted to the fan love conference and they were re-ranked now by a fan score rather than a critic score. So because they weren't good enough, you know, by a critic score to find a spot in the critics conference, they stay in the competition, but now they have to be re-ranked by fan score in the other bracket, other conference. So the Fan Love Conference is split into two divisions, and that's just they're both named after two of my all-time favorite albums, The College Dropout and Speaker Box, The Love Below. Um, those four best rap album nominees from the Critics' Choice Conference were combined with all the albums in these divisions and re-ranked. And so all 18 albums in this conference were seeded with the higher user scores, receiving the highest seeds across both divisions. And that's how I got to the list. Um, I also collected a lot of data that's going to come into play when it comes to the judging. But the judging is going to be a best out of five series. It's going to be like basketball uh, in some regards. So um, I'm going to have a lot, lots of guests on the podcast to discuss each matchup. Um, But we're not going to just like talk and then make a decision like there's judging criteria, five criteria. So success, this comes in the the amount of units sold if it's a mixtape that comes into play um, and i'll talk a little about a bit about that more later uh it'll be a little different but basically whichever one sold the most units wins that game in the series then there's achievements um this is like records broken um grammy wins and nominations uh billboard success things like that 
most standout tracks, whichever album has the most standout tracks wins that that round. Cohesion, which means from start to finish, does the album feel like a complete thought or just a collection of songs with no connected theme? And Legacy, how well has the album held up um, for albums that were released toward the end of the decade where it's like you can't really predict a legacy yet? We're going to use Impact to predict Legacy because I think that's that's fair enough. In the case of a tiebreaker, because there is a situation where you just can't choose. So say you think, you oh, there were both albums had seven standout tracks. It's a tie. And then two, then but one, one, each album got two of the other categories. So they both won two categories and they tied the other one. The tiebreaker is which album has the best song. The best songs will go head to head and the winner moves on. So that is the criteria. That is how the bracket was created. Um, I'm very excited about it. I've got at least four guests line, lined up that are going to you know, join me on the podcast to discuss these matchups, to um, you know, basically decide what was the best hip-hop album of the past decade. So let's get started because... Before we can really get into the first round, we got to decide those play-in matchups. There are four matchups, uh, one from each division, that will decide, you know, out of those eight and nine seeds, which of those will make it into the division to to try and to try and make it to the end. Um, you know, there's nine nine albums in each division right now, but only eight can really can really make the tournament. So these play-in games, and this is how it is in basketball, are two teams or albums that are going to play each other to play into the tournament. So that's how it's going to go. So I've decided those matchups myself before the guests get involved. Um, and we're going to do that. We're going to do that right now. So um, let's start with the Critics' Choice Division um the or the critics choice conference the poverty's paradise division so let me take a sip of water about to get into it so in the 8 seed we had recovery by Eminem in the 9 seed watch the throne by Jay-Z and Kanye um Game one, success. Recovery is one of the most successful hip-hop albums we've had in a very long time. It sold at least 8 million units. And I say at least because the way I've done a lot of research on this, um, it's almost impossible to really find sales numbers for music. Um, SoundScan kind of holds all of that data. And you can't really get that data unless you subscribe to SoundScan. And you can't really afford to subscribe to SoundScan unless you're like, uh, unless you're like a label. Like somebody like me, I can't just get SoundScan data. And they hold all the sales data. So the only way you can get sales data is if somebody with SoundScan access has done reports on the sales of albums or the RIAA which is the organization that certifies album gold, platinum, diamond, things like that. If they certify an album, then you know that they've sold at least that many units. So forget about even finding like a dollar amount number. The best you can do is units sold. And you can only do that if there was a report that said they, they have sold this many units as of this point or certifications. So I collected data for all of these albums and usually um, somebody with SoundScan access for most albums out there has put a report out. So I have like I have like their first week numbers and I have like maybe a couple years later how many they had, units they had sold up to that point. But it's generally outdated. Um, like recovery, for instance, um, probably the last report was in like 2016 or something or something like that. And so that's so these aren't accurate numbers, but it's the most accurate numbers we can get. Um, and of course, if they have certifications like platinum, it's three times platinum. I know they sold at least three million units. So that's why I say at least because, you know, recovery went eight times platinum. I know it sold at least eight million units or I've seen a report that showed how much they had sold up to a certain point. So um, recovery has sold at least 8 million units. Watch the throne has sold at least 1.57 million units. So recovery blows out, watch the throne and takes a one Oh 
series lead. I'm going to be speaking in a lot of basketball metaphors just because that's how this tournament is set up. Um, achievements, game two. Um, the way I have decided to judge achievements is in three, three ways. By Grammys, by the Billboard charts, and by records. So let's start with Grammys. Watch the Throne has two Grammy album nominations, but no wins. Five Grammy song nominations with four wins. Recovery has two Grammy album nominations, one of them being album of the year, and one win, plus seven Grammy song nominations, two being song of the year and record of the year, and one win. Um, since this is an album tournament, that best rap album win is worth more for recovery. Although it's fair to note that Watch the Throne lost the best rap album to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So, you know, um, however, those four song Grammys uh, that Watch the Throne has, those wins shouldn't be ignored. So recovery is leading the achievements race, but it's not by a lot. Like they're leading by one after the first quarter. Um, Billboard, both albums debuted at number one. Recovery spent 318 weeks on the Billboard 200 chart, while Watch the Throne spent 66 weeks on the Billboard 200 charts. So Recovery is kind of strengthening that lead. Um, Records, Recovery was the first album to surpass one million digital sales. Watch the Throne was the biggest one-week digital tally ever for a rap album, and it broke the United States iTunes Store one-week sales record. Um, now, I think between the Billboard, how long Recovery spent on the charts, and the fact that it was the first album to surpass one million digital sales, I think the achievements, uh, the achievements round goes to Recovery. They pull it away in the fourth quarter. They go up two to zero. Um, most standout tracks: Watch the Throne. I think has seven. Niggas in Paris, Otis, Gotta Have It, New Day, Who Gonna Stop Me, Murder to Excellence, and Why I Love You. While Recovery, I think, only has five. Not Afraid, Going Through Changes, No Love, 25 to Life, and Love the Way You Lie. So, Watch the Throne wins the most standout tracks series uh, or round and makes it two to one. Cohesion. Um... Recovery kind of falls apart toward the end of the album. Apart from Love the Way You Lie, the last quarter of the album is kind of forgettable in one note. Watch the Thrones production alone is so consistent from start to finish. The album saw two of the best rappers of all time teaming up to rap about wealth, success in America, opulence, power, while pushing each other out of their comfort zone. And the album feels that way throughout its entire length. So Watch the Throne ties the series two to two. So it comes down to the last uh, the last category, and that's legacy. So re-listening to Recovery was not a great experience, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, the hits still hit, but the lows are low. Um, it can get a little repetitive, and with hindsight, you can see that even on Recovery, Eminem can still be criticized for the same things we're criticizing him for now. It certainly hasn't held up to the impressive popularity and success it achieved in 2011. Watch the Throne, however, was a spectacle. It was a huge moment, and that album inspired so many rappers to come. It's the most popular collaborative album of the decade, and all collab albums since then have been measured against it. Drake and Future tried their hand at it. Uh, you got Lil Baby and Gunna. Like, these collab albums, you know, they, they, they really were inspired to do something like that by the Throne. Um, before Kendrick's control verse, Watch the Throne put the rap game on notice. Like even Public Enemy at the time put out a response to the Watch the Throne album. Um, it caused Drake to take shots at the throne, which started a subliminal diss thing between him and Jay Z for a very long time. Not to mention Jay Z was coming off of the Blueprint Three, while Kanye was coming off of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and this launched a brand new era to Jay Z's career that would only get better. It featured Frank Ocean on two songs before he dropped Channel Orange. Like its legacy is not even a question. Um, it was such an important moment in hip hop, and so Watch the Throne takes a three-two series win and advances to the first round of the Poverty's Paradise Division. So in the first round, it will be to pimp a butterfly versus watch the throne. 
that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Um, so let's stay in the critics' uh, choice conference and let's um, let's move to the blueprint division. So the play-in matchup here in the eight seed is four forty-four by Jay Z. The nine seed is twenty fourteen Forest Hills Drive. Success. 444 has sold at least 1.639 million units, while 2014 Forest Hills Drive has sold at least 3 million units. So 2014 Forest Hills Drive takes a 1-0 series lead. Achievements. Um, Grammys, let's start there. 444 has two Grammy album nominations. One of them was Album of the Year, um, but no wins. And it has five Grammy song nominations. Two of them were Song of the Year and Record of the Year, but no wins. 2014 Forest Hills Drive has one Grammy album nomination and one Grammy song nomination, but no wins. So I have 444 leading um, at halftime with that one. Um, they 444, no, neither of the, them have won Grammys, but 444's nominations were bigger. Three of them were those big three, uh, Record of the Year, Song of the Year, Album of the Year. So that holds weight. Billboard, both albums debuted at number one. 444 spent 28 weeks on the Billboard 200, while 2014 Forest Hills Drive spent 273 weeks on the Billboard 200. Tie game. It's tied. So that's, it comes down to records. 444 went platinum in one week due to Sprint buying a million copies and giving them out for free. 2014 Forest Hills Drive went platinum with no features. It broke One Direction's record for most album streams on Spotify, being streamed over 15.7 million times in its first week, and it held that record for two months. And with this album, J. Cole became one of six rappers to have their first three albums reach number one. Um, it, it broke more records than 444 did, and especially because 444 went platinum in a week, specifically because Spotify or Sprint bought a million albums at once. So impressive, but not as impressive as 2014 Forest Hills Drive. Uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive takes a 2-0 lead. Um, most standout tracks. 444, I said, has three. The Story of OJ, 444, and Family Feud. Um, and if you want to, if you want to with four, you can put uh, Marcy Me in there. 2014 Forest Hills Drive, six. Wet Dreams, 03 Adolescence. A Tale of Two Cities, No Role Models, Apparently, Love Yours. So, you know, I treat this like a series. It's a best of five series throughout these categories. If you win the first three, you've essentially swept because even if the other album wins the last two, it's best of five. So 2014 Forest Hills Drive, I was surprised by this. It swept 444 in the first three categories. It advances with a 3-0 series lead. Um, for what it's worth, I'll talk about the other two categories. Cohesion. It is worth noting that I think 444 was a more cohesive album than Forest Hills Drive. Um, Legacy. I think the legacy conversation is an interesting one. 444 is the most honest and introspective album of Jay's career. Um, It showed us another side of him. And for that, it will never be forgotten. Um, It is yet to be seen where his career goes from there. Um, 2014 Forces Drive was the start of a new era in J. Cole's career as well. He would release two more albums in this cycle with no rap features, and he would succeed with them all. Um, This album was the one where Cole really started making the music he wanted to make and telling the stories he wanted to tell. I think it's close, but 444 was just a little bit more important to hip hop culture. Um, it would have put up a good fight toward the end, but uh, it was swept three to zero. So um, 2019 Forest Hills Drive will move on to face Good Kid Mad City in the first round. Uh, let's move to the Fan Love Conference. We'll go to the college dropout division. The playing game here is the eight seed nothing was the same versus the nine seed dirty sprite two by future nothing was the same by drake success nothing was the same has sold at least four million units while dirty sprite two has sold at least two million units nothing was the same takes a 1-0 lead 
Achievements, let's start with Grammys. Nothing was the same as one Grammy album nomination and two uh, Grammy song nominations. No wins. Dirty Sprite 2 has no Grammy nominations or wins. So nothing was the same is up by a little bit after the first quarter. Billboard, both albums debuted at number one. Nothing was the same has spent 322 weeks on the Billboard 200. Um, It's actually still on the chart today. Um, Dirty Sprite 2 has spent 138 weeks on the Billboard 200. So nothing was the same. Takes a more sizable lead. And then finally, records, none for either album. Although nothing was the same had the highest first week sales of any hip hop album in two years, but there were no like serious records broken by either album. So nothing was the same wins a tight game to go up two zero. Most standouts track most standout tracks I've got five by Dirty Sprite Two. Thought it was a drought. I served the bass. Um Where Yet, Stick Talk, and Fuck Up Some Commas. While nothing was the same has seven. Tuscan Leather, Started from the Bottom, Worst Behavior, Hold On, We're Going Home, From Time, The Language, and All Me. So we got another sweep. Nothing was the same. Sweeps the series three to zero uh, to advance to the next round. Um, The final two categories, just to talk about them, Cohesion. I don't think either album has a strong theme that exists throughout the entire album, but nothing was the same. It's consistently good. Like um, there are standout songs throughout the entire album of nothing was the same while DS2 can seem pretty repetitive. So nothing was the same would have won that game that round legacy. Both of these albums um, have held up pretty well since their release. I would even say nothing was the same gets better with each listen. It's a criminally underrated album. And while Dirty Sprite 2 is a top two future project by critic and fan Metacritic rating, I don't think its legacy can outweigh a Drake album coming off of Take Care that doesn't slow down and is still one of his best. So nothing was the same would have swept Dirty Sprite 2 cleanly in all five categories. So um, nothing was the same advances uh to the first round to face catalactica by big crit in the first round that'll be a really good matchup so the final play-in matchup in the fan love conference is in the speaker box of love below division the eight seed kod goes up against the nine seed friday night lights success so friday night lights is a mixtape it didn't sell anything But in my opinion, mixtapes shouldn't automatically be handed a loss here going up against an album that sold just because it was a mixtape. So I still think that sales are worth more than downloads because it takes more motivation to buy something than to click uh, to click download on a mixtape. So units sold, I'm going to say, are worth three downloads. So in order to compare mixtapes to albums, in the success category, we're going to multiply the album sales, the unit sold by three. And if there are more downloads than that number, then the mixtape wins success. So um, KOD sold 1.131 million units. So that equates to 3.393 million downloads. So Friday Night Lights has to be 3.393 million. So Friday Night Lights has been downloaded 1.481 million times and streamed on Datpiff 2.798 million times. It's also been viewed on live mixtapes 3.5 million times. So if even 40% of those live mixtapes views turn to downloads, then Friday Night Lights is only down around 500,000 downloads. And that's without the conversion of Datpiff streams to downloads. So it's clearly close, but because it couldn't get the win without some variable conversions, like we would have to decide how many of those views actually turn to download. We have to decide how many of those streams turn to downloads. And while you can do that with albums sold because there's a conversion to streams to download or streams to sales, you can't do the same with downloads because that conversion is based off of um, like the revenue that labels get from streams and stuff like that. So you can't do that with downloads. So it's clearly close, like close to the point that Friday Night Light probably gets it. But because we would have to 
I would have to make the decision of like 40% of these views are downloads. I, I, don't, I can't make that decision. I don't have that data. I'm going to rule it a tie. I think that's fair. So it's a tie, tie game after the first round of success. Achievements. Uh, Grammys. Neither project has any Grammy nominations or wins. The closest we can get, KOD was nominated for Album of the Year at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Friday Night Lights won Mixtape of the Year at the 2011 BET Hip Hop Awards. It's tied after the first quarter. Billboard. KOD debuted at number one and spent 72 weeks on the Billboard 200. Friday Night Lights was a mixtape, couldn't be on the Billboard charts. So KOD is winning by a little. Records. Upon release, KOD broke Apple Music and Spotify's 24-hour streaming record, tied the Beatles with six songs in the top 20 of the Hot 100 chart, and J. Cole became the first artist to debut three new songs in the top 10 of the Hot 100. It's not even close. KOD wins the achievement round and makes the series one to zero to one. Most standout tracks. I've got six for KOD. ATM, Kevin's Heart, Brackets, Once an Attic, Window Pane, 1985. Friday Night Lights, seven. Too Deep for the Intro, Before I'm Gone, Back to the Topic Freestyle, Enchanted, In the Morning, Two-Face, Premeditated Murder. Friday Night Lights hits a buzzer beater to win game three and ties the series one to one to one. So, two categories left. Cohesion, legacy. Um, both, both albums have a win and there's a tie. So, cohesion, because Friday Night Lights was a mixtape, J. Cole kind of threw a lot of stuff at the wall and most of it stuck, to be fair. But the project's theme wasn't as cohesive as a thought-out concept like K.O.D. Most of the best songs are definitely in the top half of the album for um, Friday Night Lights. K.O.D., however, takes an intricate concept and carries it throughout the entire album and spreads out those six standout tracks that I mentioned equally throughout the album. So K.O.D. wins cohesion to lead the series two to one to one. So in order to tie this entire series and go to a tiebreaker Friday Night Lights would have to win the legacy conversation Um, this is actually tough Friday Night Lights like J. Cole fans understand the importance of Friday Night Lights it was as good as an album it contains some of J. Cole's most lyrical performances and is arguably better than his debut album Sideline Story Um, and it's held up very well KOD came out two years ago and was very impactful upon its release. You can see that in the numbers, the first week sales. Um, I thought it was the best album of 2018. And when you think about where Cole can go from here and the gauntlet he laid down with his 1985 song, I think that KOD will end up being more important in the long run. But I want you to know that I almost sent this to an overtime tiebreaker where we would have had to discuss the best song versus the best song. I still think KOD would have won. But it was that close. KOD wins the series three to one to one. KOD advances to the next round. And in the first round, KOD will face Care For Me by Saba. That's going to be very good. So that's it. That is it um, for the play-in matchups. The albums that have moved on, KOD, uh, nothing was the same with a sweep. 2014 Forest Hills Drive with a sweep and watch the throne. So uh, sometime next week, I think this will happen next week. And the 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 episodes are going to be moving, you know, more more quickly. I'm not going to wait a week, hopefully, to to get all these episodes. I've got four of my friends, members of the Academy lined up to, to discuss some of these next rounds. So, um, as we're ready to discuss them, I'm going to just stream and put an episode out. Um, so you might get two in one week. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I think for certain next week, um, I'll have one of the Academy members on to discuss the first round of the critics choice division. Um, we'll, we'll both, you know, consider those criteria and we'll just have a discussion um of who moves on 
Um, I didn't want to do the entire bracket myself. I wanted to, you know, get the people whose music opinions I respect. And let's think about this critically with the categories and see see what ends up winning. Um, I'm very excited. Playing matchups are in. We have a complete 32 album list. Um, so let's see where it goes from there. Um, I thank you to you all for listening. Um, you already know I'm trying to be a Twitch affiliate. So follow the stream. Um, make a Twitch account. Go to twitch.tv slash thinking outside the boombox. Hit the heart button at the top right of the stream. Become a follower. I need 50 of them followers. Um, and then I'm going to put in the rest of the work to make sure I become a Twitch affiliate. Um, but this is the first step. I'm going to be cranking out these episodes. We're going to discuss these albums. We're going to make it happen. Um, uh, podcast newsletter will probably be coming out within 24 hours. Um, and yeah, stay tuned next week, next week it's happening where, um, we're really getting into the weeds. We're going to have some serious discussions of these album on album or mixtape matchups. Um, so that's what it is. Uh, this has been thinking outside the boom box. You already know your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. <laughs> there it is. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.